As it takes right off into the evening air. Oh, oh, oh. I caught her eye dancing by the seaside. Talk for hours, kiss on the cheek. Good night. Oh, oh, oh. Hi, everyone. I'm John Slarko. You're watching Nick and Jill's Red and Blue Review on Red and Blue News. And gentlemen, welcome to Red and Blue News. It's Sunday evening. It's eight o'clock. And that can only mean one thing. It's time for the Red and Blue Review. I am your host. My name is Nick Philpott. And I'm joined this evening by Jill Holyoke, of course. But we are also very delighted to be joined by our very special guest and twice Crystal Palace player, Neil Shipley, will be joining us any second now. Uh, Jill, good evening, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, man. I'm all right. Yourself? All right, mate. Okay. And Neil's here. Hello, buddy. How are you? All good, chaps. All good. Welcome to the show, mate. Thank you for joining us. Really appreciate it. Okay. So coming up in tonight's show, we're going to be discussing another three points gained on the road, this time uh, at Turf Moor. We're also going to be going through some of the many, many questions that you guys have sent in for Neil. And thank you so much to each and every one of you. I'm hoping we're going to get through a whole heap of them later on in the show, but we'll be doing that in the second half of the show. Uh, we're going to be talking about next week's crucial home fixture against that lockdown on the South Coast. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's have a conversation. But before we start, I have a message that I'd like to read out from you, for you, from Proud and Palace. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no place for discrimination of any kind at Selhurst Park. And that includes homophobic language chanting when we face Brighton or any other team. We at Red and Blue News and the Red and Blue Review fully support the message put out by our very good friends at Pride and Palace. After all, there are hashtag 99 reasons to hate Brighton. Homophobia does not need to be one of them. So we echo everything you guys stand for and we stand shoulder to shoulder with you at Proud and Palace. Okay, so boys, if it's okay with you, we're going to jump straight in and we're going to start talking about yesterday's lineup because there's a few talking points from that. Um, so hopefully Greg will pop the lineup on the screen for you in a second. So, Joe, we'll kick off with you if you don't mind. Uh, five changes, which included Hennessy in for Guaita, one Basaka in for Ward, Kawase even for MacArthur, Mayer in for Townsend, and Dan in for Kelly. So, do you think? My first question to you, mate. Do you think that they are enforced changes? Or was the manager saving some of them for the two big games coming up? One against Brighton and one, obviously, the court final in the FA Cup against Watford. What do you think? Well, we sort of touched on this last week um, to, to the point where uh, where I said it's, it's a really strange uh, situation now where we've got to get used to having that squad rotation. And I think that's, that's all it is. I think... With Hennessy, I mean, Roy said after the game that he was going to, you know, he was aware that they were just going to hump the ball up in the air, that, that he's the tallest out of the two goalkeepers and thought he would be the, you know, would be the better um, better keeper on the day. So, yeah, you have to trust him. I mean, Andros has been ever-present. Um, you know, he just runs his nuts off all the time, give him a bit of a rest. Same Macca. You know, it's... Uh, I think that one of the changes, I mean, it's five changes, but Aaron was back. So that was always going to happen, really. Um, so, yeah, I'm not, not too, wasn't too fussed about it. I mean, Burnley are in the same sort of position as us, you know, sort of teetering with, with trouble. So it was always going to be what I thought was going to be a difficult game. It turned out to be a difficult game. But just, uh, again, the second week in a row, we've just been more clinical than the opposition, which is you know, been the whole story of this season, the complete reverse, you know, 25, 30 chances in a game and uh, and not scoring at all. Taking one of them, yeah. Yeah, and now we're taking, you know, righty, righty edit, bang on, Denise, if someone's going to get an idea off Palace soon, 
you know, Leicester got one and I think Burnley got a lesson in finishing yesterday. So, yeah. So. On that subject, and Neil, I'm coming to you because I want to pick your brains as we've got the privilege of having a former striker on the, on the show. Neil, why uh, Batshuayi over Benteke? And would you have done the same thing? Uh, yeah, 100%. Uh, as, as a striker, my thoughts are, I mean, Benteke, uh, he got, what was he, 17 goals in, in a couple of seasons ago. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's a, a long and distant memory now. I think you have to judge strikers on how they're playing at the moment or their form. I, I thought Benteke's form all of last season, to be honest, was poor. Um, and I was just so relieved that we signed Batshuayi. I mean, for me, he, he hasn't got the, the presence of uh, of Benteke, i.e. six foot four and stuff like that. But what, what he is, is a completely different player regarding uh, his brain, uh, you know, like a football brain, we call it. You know, I think he's such a clever player. Uh, he likes playing off the shoulders. He's, he's got a bit of everything. And... It's just not a fluke that since he's come in the side, we look a lot more relaxed. We look like we're going to score goals, rather as before. I think it was a little bit we were hoping to score goals. Cheers. And, and your thoughts on the Hennessy and Guaita goalkeeper? Yeah, I didn't. Uh, it was interesting what JR said there. I didn't hear Roy say that, and, and now he said that. It, it makes complete sense. Um, for me, Hennessy, before we had the problems with, with injuries, I thought he was. He was one of our players of the season. I really did. I think he was playing really well. Uh, obviously, I've only been really following Palace quite, you know, since I've had the gig up at uh, up at Palace doing the corporate for the last couple of seasons. So, for me, I mean, I don't understand why the fans the fans turn on him or, or he gets the stickers as much as he does. For me, I mean, maybe I'm missing something, but I think when he does come in, I think he he is a good goalie. He made some good saves yesterday as well. Uh, so yeah. we're, we're in a, we've got luxury that we've got a lot of players now. Uh, you know, obviously we can fill different positions, and and if, if Roy thinks you know quite clearly they were going to lump it and stuff, then then why not? I mean, yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense for me. And I think I think some of it is to do with the the confidence that the back four have in whoever's behind them. It's something Joe and I have spoken about on more than one occasion. That you know if. What, they seem to play better as a back four unit, knowing they've got Guaita behind them, OK? And they are always aware that whilst uh, Hennessy's a great goalkeeper, and nobody on here will badmouth him and slag him off, but there is a mistake waiting to happen with him. And, um, but as you quite rightly pointed out, Bill, there was a, he, he made one fantastic save that we're going to come on to in a minute, OK? Anyway, so we'll move on with the game a little bit, boys. What I'd like to do for everybody, this, um, we, we're going to... We're going to trot through the game, then we're going to come on to some of your questions in a little while. So, Crystal Palace put in another superb away performance to win at bottom half rivals Burnley to take another step towards securing their top flight status. The two sides went into the game level on 30 points each, and Palace made the early breakthrough through Geoffrey Schlupp's cutback that cannoned in off Phil Bardley's thigh into his own net. Burnley began to show their frustrating towards the end of the first half, with Mitchy Batishwai doubled their lead. Uh, Palace double, double Palace's lead just after the break, sweeping in a low ball uh, from fullback Aaron Mombasaka. Palace continued to keep it tight, and while Wilfred Zaha grabbed the goal his work rate and class deserved, tormenting the Burnley defence before firing low past Tom Eaton. Ashley Barnes pulled one back late on while uh, Burnley substitute Peter Crouch almost set up a nervy finish, but held on to claim Palace held on to claim their third away game. Uh, third, sorry, their third straight away game in all competitions. The victory lifted Palace up to 13th in the Premier League, putting eight points between them and the relegation zone. While Burnley dropped one place to 16th, five points clear of bottom, third from bottom Cardiff. Right, OK, Joe, uh, we know the first half was pretty boring. A few speculative chances from both sides, mainly from Burnley. Not an awful lot happened. Let's go straight into the first goal. Kawati burst forward. Uh, from midfield, lays it off to Zaha in the right channel. He runs, uh, he then runs at Taylor. He cuts the ball back across the goal mouth, uh, missing everybody. Uh, Schlupp is a back post and then Cannon's in. So, how did you read that? No, no, no. See, now the thing is, I just, I just watched all the goals again just to, uh, just to refresh myself. Yeah. Uh, the move was started with Luke. He fires the ball into Kuato, lays it off to Wilf. Wilf then yeah. one touch gives it back to him, but then Kuato bursts forward and he stopped. On the edge of the area, he then puts it wide to Wilf 
I mean, Wilf has just had their left back and the, the, the left-sided centre-back on toasted the whole game. It was ridiculous. And, you know, Wilf fires it across, but Schlupp is running in a direct line down the edge of the six-yard box. I'm watching it right now. I mean, watch it. Just watch where he hits it back from. From literally, he should be on the back post, but he's not. He's he's ten feet left. It was quite bizarre, really. He um, how on earth he's managed to get himself there? But anyway, and what he does is he get he gets the ball back, thumps it back, and and uh, and Bardsley's in a way can't do anything about it. But kudos to Schlock for for being where he was. You know, I think. Um, I mean, if he'd have been sort of seven or eight feet. The other, you know, two hours ago, he would have had a tap in, but you know, just to to, to, to get, to, I don't know, um, yeah, it was, it was it was it was sort of strange, quite a bizarre, and and again, yeah, it was in the fifteenth or sixteenth minute, but completely against a run of play, um, but yeah, like I said, I, I am, a, you know, and I make no no bones about it, you know, I've said, I'll say it again today, Schlup is like. In in the same game, he he does great stuff, and then he does rubbish stuff. The first ten minutes, he couldn't pass the ball. He was he, he was literally shooting passes at our players. You know, in the first ten minutes. I mean, I know we we definitely have changed our style of passing. You you can see that we are pinging the ball at each other, and that's only happened in the last four or five weeks. And, and why is that? Joe? Why is that? Well, so obviously everyone else does it, and I think we've just been playing catch up with some of the big boys. That's what I think. You look at some of the other teams. I mean, you know, they, they hit the ball at each other. The, the, the Liverpool do it fantastically, but um, but yeah, I, I, I was just a. Uh, it was quite a, quite a strange goal, and again, you know, Kuate was at the heart of all three goals yesterday. Yesterday, but he put it wide to Wilfred. Like I say, he skinned their left back, put thrashes the ball across, um, and and Jeff comes in, you know, ten foot past the the, the back post. It's, it cuts it back in and it's sparsely, but yeah, it was um, it was quite quite strange because we were really under it. So Neil, um, Joe said that uh, Wilf had uh, their left back on toast a lot. Would you believe? Would you do you agree with that? Yeah, lovely, lovely to see him play again. With uh, you know, looks like he's got his freedom back, playing with a smile, and that's all we want. We want him happy playing because there's not a player who can do you know. We've got good players, don't get me wrong, but he, when we get Wilf playing and when he wants to play, it's, it's absolutely magical to watch. Um, you know, there's going to be some people watching this maybe a bit older. I mean, for me, he's the best player Crystal Palace has ever had, without a shadow of a doubt. And uh, when he plays like that, it's great. I mean, Schlup, I mean, when, when you get in that wide area, I'm, I'm, you're going to have to give him the benefit of the doubt, like the right reason he, he's hit an area. Because... Normally, if someone goes down the left wing, you look at either, you know, is anyone free near post? Can we put it far post to that? He's just gone, I'm going to put it in a nice area. And that might happen another 30 times. Nothing will happen. But that particular time, he couldn't do nothing about it. Bardi put it in his own net. And it was a great start to the game. Um, one thing I would say about Schlup is, like the other night, I, was, I don't know if anyone else knows why why he took Van Arnold off and put Schlup back, left back. and uh, Left you know, a huge me, hole. Well, I mean, he, he, he cost us the goal with Lukaku. I mean, the game was over. It, it's not his fault, but them kind of things, I, I just can't, you know, I was going to say he was he injured, but he weren't because he, he, he played against Burnley. So that was a bit of a mystery. He was out of position for uh, for Ashley Young's goal as well. But, but you know, I think as Gilles said, he does great stuff and bad stuff, but I, I think he's been having some good games. But just, just keep him up a little bit. I don't really want to see him back uh, left back. OK, I'm going to come straight to you in a minute, Neil, if you don't mind, for the second goal, Burnley's second goal. But a very quick question, because it's about to be something that the guys mentioned in the chat later on. Are we going to be able to keep both Wilf and Aaron Wambasaka at the end of the season? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, agents-wise, you don't know if they're getting in their head. Uh, Wilf, for me... You know, you, you can, you know, we might need half a day to talk about, you know, it's such a, when do you sell Wilf, you know, and I think we have to realise there is a market where if, if the market, if, if the bid comes in, which we all think that's what he's worth, then I'm afraid realistically he's going to go. Yeah. What you they've got to start thinking about is, you know, he's now hit form, you know, and Wilf don't, you know, he, he, it's like every player, you can't play well every single week. And I, and I feel... If his value hits a peak, 
and you do get that, you know, 60s, 70s, it might have to be, well, do you know what? For the best of the club, we, we might have to cash in. Cash in. Aaron's a little bit different. He's only just, you know, he's, he's just, what's he, had a year. He's just marked his anniversary, I think, isn't he? So he's still got a lot to learn, but I've never seen a kid learn and do what he's done in a year. It's absolutely brilliant. I, I love the way that he just, you know, he floats around the place. He's, he doesn't look like he's, he's laid back. He hasn't got any kind of an attitude at all. He just looks like he's enjoying his football. So I'd like to think we could have another, another season or so with him. What's his current market value? What would you say his current market value is, Neil? What age-wise? I mean, it looks like he's going to get in the squad. You've got to be going, it's top end, isn't he? You know, he would get in now, and he's only had a year. He would get in, you know, he might have a fight up with Carl Walker at City and Liverpool with Trent. But apart from that, I think he walk in in anyone's team. So you've got to put him up top end. And what's the top end? Probably 50 million, isn't it? That's what I said. That's and what I said. What? I, I, I said last Neil, week, I thought... Excuse me, Joe. Excuse me, Joe. Neil, I wish you'd have said 20 million or something like that because that's now going to go to his head. Okay? <laughs> and he's going to say, oh, big he's going to be giving it a large one now. No, 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 no. <laughs> was, I thought that he needed, a, you know, needed this year to, to try and catch up with Walker. I still think experience-wise, Walker and possibly uh, Trippier at Spurs, you know, and, 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 at Trent, and Trent as well because... At the moment, they've got the free kicks in their locker, and he doesn't. That's the thing, you know. Trippy has done it for England as well, so he, he's he's got another year. I'd like to see him with us, like obviously this season, and all of the next. And then, like you say, you know, he's a fifty, he's a fifty million pound player forever. You've if you've ever seen one, when he say, how on earth? Or any other paper, any other website or anything can have a different right back in, in their side when they do the team in a week, the team in a month, the team in a season. So the stats say that he is the best right back in Europe by a country mile. So, and the thing is, because of his age, because he's 20, that the, the wingers, they're targeting him. So he's always going to be in the game. I mean, I've never seen anyone have um, Mane. In it. I mean, he had Mane in his pocket to the point where Mane, had, when a playing man sitting and we beat him, he had to come into centre midfield to get the ball. Because he just didn't get a kick outside. So I think he's just, you know, the, the more I see him, the more fantastic he is. And the, and the more that, again, you know, we have these player in a generation, you know, Wilf's got his second spell at us, but, you know, he's been with us since he was a kid and made his debut at 16 or whatever it was. You know, he's 26 now. He's been with us 10 years. We forget that. You know, apart from that year, he's been with us for actually 10 years. So he is another. This, you know, Aaron is a, a player of of, the, of a generation for us. So we we should we should cherish him while he's still there. But I still think, you know, that the money he's on now is enough. And and, and he, you know, he, he's from my manor. He comes from the new estate in, in Addington, New Addington. So I just I love the fact that. said in the chat, of course. Don't, let's not forget. He also is uh, is there coming in with assist as well. Yeah, let's assist from yesterday as well. Yeah. But, but the thing is, yeah, but he, I mean, he should be, my, you know, we, we can't rush this, but we do know that he has got that right side in his locker because he, he's a converted right winger. You know, they did say that they didn't think he was going to make it as a right winger. So they tried him at right back and he's just just ridiculous, you know, like literally ridiculous. And to the point where we, you know, we know people involved at Palace on the periphery and see this and speak to those that and this and that. And the person that we were speaking to said, we had got anyone coming through the academy? And he said, no. And then three weeks later, he's playing the last, you know, the first of seven or eight games at the end of last season. And he's, and he's shutting out Rashford. Yeah. He's, he's shutting out with England strikers and England and, and really decent world-class, you know, I think his first six games, he had City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Man United, it was ridiculous. You know, talk about fall on your feet and take your chance. Joel Ward must be gutted. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the voice there of the wonderful and talented Joel Holyoke, Mr. Football. <laughs> and you're, you've also been joined by former England, former England striker, former Palace striker, hey. Neil Shipley. 
Thank you for wherever you are watching in the world. We are <laughs> truly humbled to have you part of our little show. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Right, Leo, we're going to go to the goal number two. So just straight after the break, really, I think it was the 48th minute, Missy Bashway, the visitors work out for uh, work it out to Aaron Wambasaka on the right. And a young English fullback whips in a low ball and swept in first time by Mitzi Bashway. Uh, Tommy had no chance. You'd have been proud of that strike, wouldn't you? <laughs> Great move, great move. That's, I mean, what uh, with Basaka, I don't think we have to sort of question his defending. He's learned it, he's, the art of tackling is made now. You, you know, you don't see many people make the tackles he does. So, but why I said that earlier was now going forward, this is what he's got to do. Is you know, sometimes he he, he thinks, oh, I've got forward. What do I do? And he, and he he's got to get that bit into his game. But yesterday, if you if you watch it, he didn't have a lot to hit. He hit that. He, he knew what he wanted to do, and he's hit that. You know, it, it was precise. And but Shway, that's a that's a sign of a striker. You know, he knows what to do. When that ball's come over, I can I can guarantee you, he's thinking. Well, the pace is on the ball. I'm just going to get a good contact on this. The pace is going to take care of itself. And before you know it, that's hit the net. But he's he's visualised that without a shadow of that. When that ball's come across, he knows what he wanted to do. And uh, they're they're the best ones. You know, he, he'd be very proud of that because. The, the one the other week where he sort of stuck his toe out. Uh, again, that might not happen, but that's, that's you know, he, he could try that and it might not happen, but he did. He, he knew what he wanted to do there. It's just an instinct with a striker. If his ball's going near the target, he, he, he tries to get there and he did. So I'm really pleased for him. It's, it's, it's something we've been lacking and it's just like that goal yesterday was superb. superb. Neil, would, I be, would, it, would it be fair to say that that goal typifies the difference between him and Benteke? Yes, but you know, we, we can't. I mean, we all want the Benteke back of two, you know, two years ago. You, you don't, you don't score what is it, 17 premiership goals or whatever it was. You don't do that being a bad player, or, or you don't fluke those. You can fluke a couple. So he's just gone from a player that has scored them goals to a player that, you know, last season. You know, I do look up in the lounge and they, you know, you, you talk about what what he should be doing now as a striker. I mean, I've I went through games where you, you know, you you just can't score. But what you're saying to yourself is, well, I'm going to run you. around. I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to run around. I'm going to wait for that <laughs> chance to happen, and I'm I'm not going to waste it. And he had chances last season, and and he wasted them. It's as simple as that. Okay, well, Joe, let's move on to the uh, third goal. The when Palace go three 0 up. So check who answers. Squares the squares to the Palace ball just outside the Burnley box. He runs at the home defence, turning Ben Mee once and Charlie Taylor once inside out. Okay, before nice um, try. Of course, I meant Zaha before firing low pass. Tom Heaton from ten yards. Goalkeeper had no chance. So uh, you wanted a, you particularly wanted a picture of Ben Mee on his arse for some reason, Joe. Is that was all right? Oh, just oh, I just I just. Saw that. Uh, I, I, I mean, I tweeted. You know, he he sent Taylor and me for coffee and donuts. I mean, he literally has just and and a massage for whiplash. I mean, they were going left and right, and he just he was at his best yesterday. Wilf, you know, he's he, he definitely is. Uh, you know, he, he was he was massively up for it. And what I think what we what we need to touch on first is uh, is during the um, the. the the second half of the first half is that Burnley tried to target Wilf. They kept kicking him, like properly kicking him as well, yeah. to the point where he was just going to the referee. Like, but what is going on? And you could see that they were targeting him and obviously trying to, you know, they've seen what's happened with him reacting. And But it was nice to see the referee actually giving him a, a, a little bit of protection. But they definitely, definitely tried to, to, to I'll say tried to do him. You know, that was that nothing like the Watford tackle, but... Um, but they were definitely going after him yesterday. But he, he was so up for it yesterday. I mean, and again, you know, it was Kuate winning the ball, gives it to him, and and one on one, two on one, he's he's gonna in the mood he's in. You know, it was only really gonna be sort of, you know, he was just gonna score. That's, I, I couldn't see him not scoring at some at some stage yesterday. Neil, I've got a double question for you, if you don't mind. Okay. Um... Towards the end of the game, I think it was the 89th minute, Roy took him off uh, and replaced him with Townsend. Um, was that saving him for the uh, up-and-coming fixtures? And the other question, from a striker's point of view, were there too many uh, dragbacks in that box? Should he have struck it earlier? 
your your thoughts, please. Uh, well, the third goal, yeah, he took him off to go have, have a breather now. I would, I would have thought you, you, you work it, you work for the day's done, uh, and you, you know, and we've got a replacement like Townsend. So yeah, that that goes light for light. You know, he can have that one. That's for sure, boy. That was a, a sub where we probably all would uh, clap our hands. The dragbacks, that's Wilf. You know, if I would have attempted that and got away with one, I certainly wouldn't have tried going back and doing another one. But we're talking about Wilf Zaha here. He is yeah. natural talent. You know, you can't teach things like that. I mean, that that's just you know, he's he's basically taking taking the piss out of the defender to saying, look, I can do it. I can do it again if I want to. But now I will score, and then he trots off. So. That is that's that's what we want to see. Wolf doing that because, as JL said, and you can't you can't blame teams for wanting to target him because we all know that if you can get Wolf out of the game uh, by hurting him, then you know it's going to be uh, it's, it's it's like taking three players off for us. We we do need him, so you know. But there's a lawful way of doing it. Every right manager would, would would always say that. Go and see, you know, give him a kick, see if he comes back. Well, can he get him out of the game? But you know, Wilf, Wilf yesterday was was saying, okay, but you do that, but this is what I can do. Like like he did at Huddersfield at the start, you know, uh, early on in the season when he just cut in, and you know, we need to get him a little bit more angry, I suppose, because that's what he can do, and not many players can do that. It's, it's fantastic to watch. It was absolutely brilliant. Jill, yeah, just really quickly, I'm just trying to find. Um... Graham as as term that's Graham O'Neill and and, and uh, do you know what I'm old enough to, to to have seen some of this, but Graham said Zaha's goal was like was almost like George, like George Best. George Best used to do that, didn't he? Used to go one way, stop, then go the other way and start, and he go, yeah, it's quite a, that's quite a good likeness. I wouldn't say he's as good as George Best, not yet anyway. But um, yeah, but no, as it, a like I say, there's been quite a few. Quite a few people will pick out some comments in a in a minute, Nick. In the in a chat, I'll pick some out. But thank so, you, mate. Can we yeah. come to those in a second? I I just got one on Wilf. I've got one last before we move on. I've got one quick question to Neil. Who's come from Ben? Uh, as a striker who thrived on crosses, would you find playing with Wilf or players like him frustrating? Wait for the ball to come in. That's a fair question. Yeah, you can do. But I, I do remember coming down Sellers a few years ago when we had Balassi. And uh, it was like a cross fest. You know, I'd watch that game thinking, oh my God, I would love Come, to be Coming in from that, all both sides, yeah. It, 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 was, it was amazing because it is a bit of a dying art now where you sort of see a ball getting, you know, go to the touchline and whiz it across. So for that particular game, I did think, oh, you know, that I would love to have played with that. But then obviously there is parts of it where, yeah, yes, uh, yesterday if I was in the box, obviously as a striker, you want to, I'll be saying score the or I'll be saying do this, do that. But sometimes you've just got to let... Let, let Wilf do what he wants. But it's a fair comment. Yeah, you can get, you can get, you know, you make a run and it don't come in. If you do it four or five times, then uh, you sort of go, well, why should I start making, you know, why should I make another run? So fair, fair, fair comment. Jill, um, we're going to just move on to their, to their goal. Um, I want your views, please. Ashley Barnes pulled one back with a glancing header from Ashley Westwood, uh, right wing cross. No man's land came to mind. Right, over to you, big man. No, because I'm not having this. <laughs> I'm not having it. Like Wayne's getting massively unfair criticism. I'd say, right, firstly, it was a completely... He, he, he had no one... It was like Townsend just didn't even bother to go next to him and try and stop the cross. And then secondly, Barnes, as, as much as I don't like him just because of his association, but he's a trier and he's still... He's 3-0 down, you know, and they're... Eighty odd minutes or whatever, and he still manages to get in between yeah. the perfect ball over the top of um, over the top of Tomkins. Uh, Dan, he's got in between the centre backs, and Wayne, he, Wayne can't come, he can't come for it, but he sort of does, doesn't, totally not his fault. No way in a million years was that his fault. Total, and then of course you had all the haters come out and just killing him. You know, I mean, I, I, I immediately within three minutes, he, he made two. I thought he made two mistakes in the first three minutes, um, and it was also a bad punch. But but apart from that, he he, I thought he had a pretty decent game. His distribution, that awful ball, which is obviously not him, it's the it's the team order. But that ball out left for the for the flick on header, which which happened once yesterday in 
10 kicks it only got flicks on once it drives me mad it's a waste it's a waste it's a total waste we because nine times out of ten it gets we knock it out or it goes out for, and we give them back the ball from our rubies we just give them back the ball but anyway i thought you made out of it a fantastic save in the first half from actually barnes definitely barnes as you know you thought he was going to score that big strong arm up great save and then you know after they've scored a few minutes later crouchy thinks he scored don't care what anybody says. He yep. has pulled off and almost welded out. So, yeah, I thought we had a reasonable game there. And, and like I say, unfair criticism. Definitely unfair criticism. And again, unfair the only... He, he says, well, there was another the another ball back to him. Another ball back to him yesterday from whoever was on the left hand side. Fired it at him, but he can't control it. He's having to run 10, 15 yards to his left to take a pass on his left foot that resulted in a corner to them. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I thought we did all right yesterday. Neil? Yeah, look, people are going to make mistakes. And what I've noticed is as soon as someone like Hennessy makes a mistake, it's like, oh, excellent, we've won the game, but I can have a dig at someone now. So it is a bit unfair. Yeah, for the goal, you can't blame him. He can't come and get it because he's in between, as Jill said, in between. So you've got to give credit to the striker there and say good goal and move on. You know, we won the game. So we finish it, run out of 3-0, 3-1 winners. So uh, we've got nine league games left to go. We've got 33 points in the bag already. I've been saying to you all, all season, I reckon 35 points is the is the benchmark that we need. Okay, so we are three points from mid-table. Don't forget we're playing the weed at a 12.30 kickoff on Saturday. So in theory, we can take 11th place. It might matter. I can't, my eyes aren't good enough to be able to see that league table. But I believe we can take 11th place by... Two o'clock on Saturday afternoon, if I've got that right in my head. Uh, our goal difference is minus four, hugely superior, and as good as another point anyway. Touching distance with another season in the Premier League and still in the FA Cup as well. And that, my friends, was that little stat I just gave you there was taken off Twitter earlier in the day. It's not my stat, so thank you for whoever was on Twitter that was. So Crystal Palace have now scored nine consecutive in nine consecutive Premier League games for the first time ever within a single season, which I think is a brilliant stat. Batshuayi has scored five goals in his last seven starts in all competitions for English clubs. Wilfred Zaha has had a hand in six goals in his last six Premier League games. Five goals and one assist. Uh, one more than he managed in his previous 21 out of five and five assists. Uh, Burnley mustered 18 shots. They're most in, the, in their 38 Premier League games since managing, managing 21 against Everton in March 2018. So, great win. I think it's a great win. Another great win. We've seen pretty prolific boys on the road. Um, shame we can't turn some of that form into the same form at home, but we must do so at the end of the end of the uh, week when we play that lot, which we'll come on to in a minute. Right, here we go. Big boys, are you ready? I've got questions for you. Okay, many, many questions. And here we go. The first one, and Neil, just so you know, we have uh, viewers all over the planet. We have lots of contact from Australia, uh, New Zealand. This particular guy is a regular contributor is a guy called Simon Cribbin in Canada, in Calgary, in Canada. He said, if you could do it all over again, would you do anything differently? In fact, there's something of the question on the screen. Would you trade your place in that promotion winning team uh, and give you some opportunities to play with Wilfred Zaha pinging those crosses in for the right? Funny, I think that's a similar question that somebody's already asked. <laughs> if you had your time no, to play, you... would you do it all over again? I wouldn't change it, no. If, if you're asking me, uh, you know, to, to literally, you know, get in a time machine and go, go and do it again. Uh, what it, you know, when you start off as a kid and, and, and lucky enough to be a professional footballer, you always say if, if you can have 15 years in a game, you've done well. You know, some, some pros come and go. I managed to get to 15. I'm very proud of uh, the teams I played at Palace. You know, I was lucky enough to play with the, the great Lombardo, you know, so we had our kind of players who now, I mean, we only had one back then, but now it's like it's world class all, all around. So, in a way, yeah, of course you miss that and it'd be interesting. Uh, but to be honest, no, it's, it's just a complete. I love I love the spells. Uh, you know, I played with loads of loads of teams and stuff like that. But I, I wouldn't swap swap any of it. Although it might be, it would, would be good, but yeah, sorry, no. Well, Fair enough. Our younger, view, our younger viewers out there, I want to just give you a couple of numbers. 
1996 to 1998, Neil made 61 appearances for Palace, scoring 20 goals. In 2003 to 2005, Cyprus again played 41 times, uh, scoring eight goals, making a total of 102 appearances for the club, scoring 28 goals. Those numbers right, mate? Do you know your own stats? I don't. I'd like a few more. I mean, can we not sort of, you know, glamify <laughs> this a bit? Like, okay, sorry, know. that was a typo. <laughs> 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 78 goals, my mistake. He'd have been getting booed for that, wouldn't he? He's like, it's the old Ben Techie all over again. He didn't even know. <laughs> yeah. Ben Techie on our right there. <laughs> question two comes from a guy called Mark Taylor. Good evening, Mark, and thank you for your question. Here we go. You know what's coming up next, then, yeah? Is, is that shin that you're, you're well known for. That shit at Cardiff. Okay. In 2004 playoff final, uh, what was the team's expectations before that game? Did you expect to win? Yeah. We well, don't expect, but obviously you, you, you want to win. And uh, it was a double shin, by the way. I won't have just one shin there. That was a double <laughs> shin, right? Yeah. Oh, sorry, my mistake. No. Look, lo lo loads of things uh, clarified what, what, what went on that day. I mean, we had John Arbin, bless him. He, he was a fitness coach, uh, rugby league man. Uh, he hated football, but just wanted to get us fit. But he, we had these uh, rubbish, tatty uh, T-shirts on saying one more round. I obviously one more game, one more round. So we rolled up with our old tracksuit tops, uh, our, well, tracksuit, these old tops and stuff like that. West Ham all in their suits like they would do... Uh, you know, like the, the FA Cup finals and stuff. So we, we kind of knew when we rolled up like that uh, that, that we, we're not going to win, obviously, but you just think, oh, they're, they, they're, they're, you know, they're counting their, their win already and stuff. So things like that do weigh up. I mean, what I remember with the game, it was the most average game you'll ever see. You know what I mean? It wasn't a great game, but we were just marginally a little bit better. And, and it's, all about, it's all about getting that win and, and, and we got it. That was all that really matters in them, them, that day. Somebody else has just asked me, uh, for the again, for the benefit of uh, younger viewers, take a step back to the early days. Who was your biggest influences in getting you into football? Oh, my dad, without a shadow of a doubt. We, uh, tell him about him, because I know, I know about your dad. So you tell us about your dad and, and his career. Well, my dad, my dad was a centre-half. Um, he always said he was a footballing centre-half, you know, believed he should have been playing elsewhere, but, he, you know, he was a centre-half. He was a big uh, six-foot four, five, you know, centre-half, played with, played with Charlton, Gillingham, Reading, and, you know, he, he stopped playing at 27 for injury, uh, which obviously nowadays he would have been in and out and played two weeks later. But he he basically took me under under, under his wing football-wise, uh, playing like under eights, nines, tens, all the, all the way up. I was playing men's football at 15, which, uh, which toughened me up uh, big time. And he, he wanted me to go straight into being a pro. Uh, instead of doing all the apprenticeship stuff. But he, the, the, the team he was managing me, he got the sack and he said, right, we, we just played Chelsea. Um, and he knew Frank Sibley and he said, off you go, you can go to Chelsea now. But I, I, I did have a pick of, of most, most of the clubs really, but it's just, that's just the way it ended up. But that little season, of, I was 15 playing men's football and by the time I was playing against kids, it really was men against boys. You know, it, it, was, it was easy pickings for us. It's quite interesting because our next question is from a guy called Daniel Hunters who asked something very similar. I mean, so that he was in your early days, but during your professional career, who was your biggest influence as, uh, as a player? Who, playing alongside somebody, who would have been your biggest influence? Uh, biggest influence? Well, I mean, early day, I was at Chelsea, when I? I mean, sort of, Dennis Wise was 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 a good captain. You know, he, he, he was good to play, to play under. Um, and then I moved on to... Uh, Southampton, uh, Letizia. I was yeah. fit back then, and I'd done all his running basically. So he, <laughs> he, he he could go and do what he wants and start flicking them up and volleying him for thirty yards. But uh, he was he was unique. Let me tell you, he, he was. We we used to train and uh, where the nets where the nets have got the little squares and stuff. He would actually say uh, four down, three across, and he would put the penalty. Literally, where the, the, the little little thing on the, on the net. He, he was incredible. Just want to punch it. Well, no, we just turned around. I mean, didn't, we only missed one penalty, didn't we? I mean, that was against Mark, Mark Crosley for Nottingham. But no, we didn't have a penalty. We just, we just turned around. He, he, he was that precise of where he wanted to put the ball. He was, uh, he was a special talent. Right, Joe. Okay, over to you because I believe you've got a question. 
Well, yeah, this is this is something that, that I've, I've always been interested in asking professional people this. Um, and people that have sort of had a career, been there, seen it, and done it. So it's a sort of like a free part, really. Um, your funniest, saddest, and your strangest moments in football. And that's a bit convoluted, but yeah, so, so, so the funniest thing, you know, the strangest and the saddest. Uh, the funniest, uh, Christ, yeah, I, I, I suppose I should have got these questions earlier, shouldn't I? The funniest, we did uh, say that, and you said. I did, yeah. I did offer. <laughs> Yeah. While you're thinking about it, while you're thinking about it, uh, I've also got. We'll move on to something else because it is quite a, quite a convoluted uh, question. Um, who's the best manager you ever played under? The best manager uh, is between Harry Bassett and Neil Warnock. Uh, without you know, brilliant, brilliant people. They were they were old school. If I had to pick one, I would go Harry, just just above above Neil Warnock, but. You know, we, we could talk now, and my argument would be we could come up with the best formula of how we think we can play, but if the players don't buy into it, it it's useless. So, for me, the best thing you can have as a manager is is your personality and your man management, and, and these two had it. You know, when you played well, they told you you played well, you got a pat on the back. And when you when you played bad, obviously, they told you you played bad. So, and I think that's what players, or well, certainly back in my day, that's what you wanted. You just didn't want to... Uh, you know, if you got dropped, you want someone to be man enough to say, "Look, I'm dropping you because you ain't scored for you know a month or something like that." Whereas someone like Glenn Oddle, who, who, who lacked personality, I, I remember being at Chelsea. I didn't know any better. I, I was 18, and you know, don't forget you got Dennis Wise there and stuff like that. No one knew the team. He used to come in and ride it on a on a you know a little you know, uh, board, and that was how, how you'd know if you were playing or got dropped. So I didn't know any better at 18. I just thought, okay. And then I'm thinking, I'm looking at Dennis Wise. Well, luckily, he was captain. He didn't really get dropped. But, no, but that's how a lot of players got dropped. You just poke your head around in the change room <laughs> and see, see, see the little little things put up. You know, what did you do? Did you, did you just go home or did you watch the game? Oh, you watch the game. Free bar, wasn't there? <laughs> <laughs> Back in the day, I suppose. You're good health, mate. You're good health. <laughs> right, I'm just going to move on to Ben's question, if you don't mind. Um, it's funny because you mentioned Chelsea, uh, and he's and he's actually he's actually picked up on something about Ken Bates. During your career, you must have worked with some really strange characters and personalities, not just on the pitch but behind the scenes. And in particular, he's thinking about Ken Bates and Simon Jordan. What were they like as chairman, and can you compare them, please? You can't compare them. Uh, I was 18. Do you know what? I think I actually saw, well, of course I saw Ken Bates, but I didn't get past. There was a hello, how you doing, Mr. Chairman? There was no, I didn't have no interaction with him, to be honest. It was, uh, that's how I thought it was. Like I just said about managers and stuff. But Simon Jordan, yeah, of course I've got an opinion on him. For me, he, uh, I didn't have an agent, you see. When I, when I signed second time round, he loved it. Absolutely loved it. I did. I didn't have an agent, so he phones me up. I think the lads are training out in Marbella because he lived out there. You know, it suited him and stuff. And he went, "Oh, we'd like you to come over. Uh, we get a private jet and all this." I mean, we don't have to get a private jet. I'll just, you know, get BA to Malaga or whatever. So <laughs> it was all it was all a load of flannel to impress me. But I was way, way past that by then. I just said, "So I'll, I'll get a BA flight. I'll see you out there and stuff." And of course, he loved it. Absolutely loved me. I didn't have an agent, so. But anyway, let's fast forward. So this is this is what the man's like. So I'm, I'm captain. We're, we're doing this. It's just probably when uh, Kemba got, got sacked. Yeah. He's coming. And we used, to, we used to do all these testing, you see. So it'd be, you'd tie something around your waist and you'd jump. And there'd be a little bit, you know, a bit of string. Let's say you jumped, I don't know, 25 centimetres or something like that. And all the other tests. So I'm, I've come down to training. Uh, what was it? Kit Simons, when he was caretaker manager. So he's come in and he went... Um, he went, oh, uh, we're training. He went, uh, chairman's coming down to word after the game, uh, after training. I went, all right, so about half hour, I'm thinking, wow, this is uh, that bad often. What's going on here then? So I couldn't really concentrate. After training, went to see him, sat down in the uh, in the change rooms. That he went, right, uh, he went, I've noticed that I've uh, got the test results. You're not jumping as uh, as much as you were, you know. The, and the chairman's went, telling you this. 
the, the, no, the chairman. Yeah, the chairman is saying that he uh, he's done his tests, and I'm not. I'm, I'm jumping two centimeters short. You know what I mean off the test. And I actually said to him, I said, "Are you fucking for real?" And when you've come and met me down here to tell me you think that's why we're not winning games because I'm jumping two centimeters shorter. So for me, he he's I don't like him. It's as simple as that. I don't like uh, when we got promoted. When you come in for pre-season, everyone should have a smile on their face. It's the same people that work there now. When in, everyone's all, you know, face like as if someone's died and that. And I mean, come on, we're in the, you know, we're in the Premier League. This is great. He's come around and absolutely slaughtered everyone, you know, for not doing the paint properly or not doing this. He, he's, he's an ego man who, uh, thank God, I, I don't have to see him anymore. So on that subject then, there's a follow-up question then, and this is not written down. What do you think about him on TalkSport? No, I, I don't listen to TalkSport anyway. There's too many people on there that, that I can't I can't stand their opinions. They think they're so important. But uh, no, that suits him down to the tee, doesn't it? You know, he's up, he's up there giving his opinion. And if people want it, then great. But I, I certainly won't be uh, listening to what he's got. Oh, you still there, Neil? Is it, Jill, are you still there? No, yeah. I'm still that's right, mate. You're, 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 that's right. You're lagging a little bit, mate. Just let me know who you can hear, <coughs> mate. We'll drop him out and bring him back. Yeah, we'll just drop you out, mate, and bring you back in. Um, I've got, a, I've got. I don't know about you, Gel, but I've got a sneaky suspicion. Uh, uh, Mr. Jordan ain't his favourite person. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, Hello, Greg. We we Hello, know Greg, that. Nice uh... to see you, mate. Greg. Gel. Nope. What? Here he is. <laughs> Neil, can you hear uh, me, mate? Okay? Neil? Slag in again. Neil. So, I don't know if you... Right, okay. Uh, uh, we'll take him out. I'm him, putting him back in in a minute when he gets sorted out. Right, we'll move on while we wait for him to come back because he'll be back in a second because I, I want to do some of those quickfire questions. Ladies and gentlemen, just a reminder to you that on Saturday we are playing Brighton at the lunchtime kickoff. The game was moved, okay? It's a 12.30 kickoff. Um, so if you're going to go to Weather's Foods in Croydon or wherever you're going to go, do it early. Please do it early because it's going to be a very, uh, you know, it'll all be over by three o'clock in the afternoon. You turn up at Senna's Park at two o'clock for your beer, okay? Tough luck, it's all over. While we're waiting for Neil to come back and join us, okay, I also want to remind everybody out there that we are looking for a couple of helps, please. And one of them is I'm still looking for a job. There's, it's Nick's begging bowl, we call it. But the second thing, and more importantly, and I'm only joking about the job, uh, we also need and require a sponsor for next season. Okay, we're not looking for massive money, okay? If you get in touch with myself or Jill or any of the... Uh, the producers will, will talk you through what we need and what we're looking to achieve. We want to grow this to a bigger package for you guys, wherever you are in the world. So if you want to do it down in bite-sized chunks, that's fine. We don't need it all up front. Okay, if you want to do it with a, in conjunction with another company, that's also fine. Whatever you want to do. We just want to improve the product so we don't have lagging issues like we've got with Neil at the moment. So please get in touch with us if you fancy sponsoring us for next season. And I'll tell you what, this is what I made in the offer to the people that I watched last Sunday. When I briefly mentioned it last Sunday. If you get in touch with us in the next few days, uh, we haven't got a sponsor for between now and the end of the season. We will give you that sponsorship free of charge between now and the end of the season. And that could be going all the way through to a cup final, don't forget. So pick up the phone, talk to Nick, talk to Jill, talk to Greg, I don't care who it is, Give us a buzz, let us know, and, you'll, and you can sponsor us for all the next season. It's not massive money, folks, but get involved. Don't ring me about it. I'm going to spend it on an holiday. Yeah. <laughs> You're not on holiday yet, are you? <laughs> not yet. As soon as I get their money, I might be. <laughs> I'm joking, by the way. Just in case they'll be like, oh, the audio is going to steal our money. I don't have anything to do with it. I don't have anything to do with the cash. Someone else has, has all the money, so... Um, I think we're trying to sort out uh, Neil's collection in the in the backgrounds, so I, I can't imagine it'd be very long. Um, <laughs> I, I can see a picture so, of his waist. <laughs> Lord Glance Lord has, has just put in the chat. He said, I used to love hearing you Muppets on the beach for the last six weeks. This is a case that's basically been sunning his backside for the last 30 years. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, it's, it's been great. In the chat, Jill? Uh, oh, oh, yeah, there's, yeah, there's there's loads of comments. Um, but Neil's yeah, back. I mean, Joe. Yeah, yeah. Neil's there. Better. Right, okay. Moving on for you, uh, Greg's mum. Uh, Greg is the 
producer uh, Neil, and he's, this is his mum asking a question. Most football fans obsess about worldy goals. Okay, your playoff final goal was by no means a worldy. I don't think you meant that as an insult. Okay, but it's important. But the importance of it was absolutely enormous. How do you feel about scoring that goal and the and the ramifications of that goal? For me, for me, that's a worldie. You know, I mean, we can talk about obviously proper worldies, but you know, the game's not 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 perfect. Although we're trying with VAR and stuff like that, but at the end of the day, football's not perfect. So goals can mean a difference for everyone. For that particular day, for me, I was captain. You know, we won one nil. I scored the only goal. For me, that goal might have been from the halfway line. It was uh, it was it was special to me, and it always will be. Uh, you know, as I said earlier, I do the thing up at Legends, up at the ground hosting, and people say to us about that goal, and, and I always say, well, look, if I'd have missed it, I wouldn't be doing this now, would I? So, you know, that that goal yeah. has been very special for me, and uh, and now I am, yeah, popped up. Four yards thing, offside, yeah. though, wouldn't it? Yeah, get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could have been a lot stronger with that. But what I will say, and that's... Uh, that what I did that day is followed in a shot, all right? So any young strikers out there, young kids uh, playing, that's what you do. And you could do that a hundred times, like I have done, and nothing ever comes of it. But that particular day, it come out, and that's where you get your rewards, you know? So, yeah, for me, that's a worldie. I know it's not, but, yeah, goals... It, mate, it is to us. Listen, I went down there. Neil, I went down there. I was squashed, literally, nose-to-nose with muggy West Ham fans on the way down there, okay? But they were fine on the way down there. On the way back, they weren't quite as good. Listen, um, I just also want to, as, he, as Neil, um, AJ made that goal for you, that little tapping of yours, What? tell me about your working relationship with AJ. Well, it's the old-fashioned big man, little man, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. And, and obviously, a lot of the time, that was, you know, throughout my whole journeyman career, that, that's what I, I was known as a target man. And uh, the little little ones played off us. And I had a similar one with, obviously, Dougie back in the first spell. You'd, you'd put Dougie oh, as yeah, a uh, you know, striker and stuff. Uh, but I also had the same one with David Connolly at, at Wimbledon. So, for, for me, the AJ was a pick of the bunch regarding players because he had his pace, which is now, you know, he could still, he, if he was obviously younger, he, he would still play in today's modern game because that's what everyone wants. They want pace. But but he, he had a whole lot. He made goals out of nothing. I flicked them on occasionally for him and, and, and said, there you go. So it was an absolute pleasure to play with him. He, he really was, uh, well, great player. His record speaks for himself. And he's actually a genuinely nice guy as well. I mean, I'm always, this is from me, okay? So forgive me for asking a question, but do you still keep in touch with any of these guys? No, I'm afraid not. I mean, I was friendly with uh, uh, Michael Hughes. You know, we called him Huggy, Huggy Bear. He was, you know, great player. And that, But for me, it was, it was you know, don't get me wrong, I, I was... Uh, I liked them all, you know. I didn't. We, we all got on, but it was a working environment. Once, once I left, I was the world's worst at keeping phone numbers and stuff. I've done a question and answer thing with AJ about three years ago now, and I've not seen him for, for years. I've done a walk last year with him, uh, or he done a whole walk. I've done like a little bit of a charity walk <laughs> and stuff. So uh, yeah. I took him uh, quite nice going down to Thames actually by Putney. We stopped in and had a few, uh, few, you know. That's a palace. It was a pub crawl, wasn't it? That's what I heard. You know, it just seemed a bit wet. Well, the weather was nice, and I just thought we'll have to stop and have a couple. But but no, I don't, so I don't keep in touch with them all. But obviously, when you do see him, it's I mean, look, I saw Lombardo uh, about a month ago down down at Sellers. He still looks like he could go and play in centre midfield. He looks fantastic. Uh, but no, it was a real good to see him because he, he was class as well. Right, we're into the last ten minutes here, and you you probably just asked answer the next question I've got for you. So we're going to do something very quickly called the quick fire round. Sorry, Gerald, did you want to ask something? No, we've just got loads of, we just got loads of little bits and pieces that we took from the go. chat. Go. So I'm just going to read out the names and just put it, said, uh, so Richard Green was said it was a great goal, Neil. Absolutely loved it. Cheers. Um, Glenn Fossey said a goal was a goal. And by Christ, it was important. Uh, Paul Glant said, he's talking about worldies, he said, but he said that goal meant the world to me. Um, and then Neil Chatterty said, uh, Neil's goal in the semi against Sunderland was a brilliant header. Um, so yeah, John John Gill said it was special for us too. John Knox has turned around and said, um, "Do you think VAR will work next season?" Answer that in a minute. Um, 
Lee, Lee, uh, Terry Tibbs Lockwood said he loved that kit. Again, you still got the shirt. Um, but yeah, loads of loads of, everything's all positive. Legend's been used a load of times. Um, and then so Ben Allen said, Well, Will Neil be the first black cab driver to take passengers across the waters of South London when he finally does the knowledge. <laughs> so there's three there. So have you so V like V A R, have you got the top and are you still doing the knowledge? Right. Uh v- Sorry, VAR, yeah, first VAR. Yes, yeah. Right. Uh, no, I, I, look, it, it's such a business now, and everyone wants a perfect game. It's going to happen, and it has happened. It's happened. My, it's going to. It, I need a few more seasons of it. I don't agree with it at the moment. I still think you. We're trying to get the perfect game when I don't want the perfect game. I want referees to make the odd mistake. I want to go down the pub after the game and have a little chat about it all. And if if we want the perfect game, then we've got nothing to talk about. So up in the air with that one. Uh, the shirt from a player, if you actually see that, we had these manky old vests that we, well, I certainly wore underneath. <laughs> I think I went off that pitch. Well, no one wanted my vest, that's for sure. So I had my vest, <laughs> my shorts, and, uh, and my socks. I think that was it. I might even give my socks away. So my shirt went, my shin pads went, my boots went. And uh, yeah, so no, I haven't got that, that top. I've got others that obviously we get given a few, but that actually top get got tossed away to the, the crowd. And uh, I did. Ladies and up. gentlemen, have any of you out there have got uh, Neil? Yeah, who's got Neil it? Neil Shipley's make the old sock for the final. <laughs> I want to know about it live on this show tonight. Get in touch. Yeah, uh, Greg, I did. Uh, Greg, I'd let you know. Right. So someone, someone did send me the my, my boots, and I signed it from a few years back. So really. Uh, yeah, no yeah, they made contact with us, and I'm able to send it to us, and I'll sign it and send it back. Now, as for the knowledge, I'm breaking all kinds of record for how long it's taking, but I'm <laughs> kind of getting there now, all right? So I'm hoping, uh, I shouldn't say this, I'm hoping within the year now, like a year I should be doing it. I've been doing it for about eight years. It's ridiculous, but you have to do it properly. Kids out there, you've got to concentrate, and you've got to do it. I'm lazy. Brilliant stuff. I'll tell you what, this is this is TV gold what you're giving us here, and I'm loving every minute of it. Um, right, okay, quick fires. I think you've probably done those. Best manager? You, you yeah, uh, Bassett, Harry Bassett. Harry Bassett. Best player you've ever played with? I think you've already done that, really. And why? Lombardo? Uh, we go along. It's a palace show. Lombardo. Lombardo. The, the fact that we... Oh, go on in. Go on in. The other player. Who's, who's the best player you've ever played with then? Well, Letizio. Okay, yeah. would be up there. I would say Lombardo Perfect. because back yeah. in the day, that's like that's like sounding, uh, signing Ronaldo, Crystal Palace getting yeah. Lombardo. I know, I know. We thought that we was all going. Hold it a minute. Yeah, that's all. Where I won't believe it until he get in. He comes through that door, and he did. Thankfully, what did yeah. you say? What did you say when Lombardo, Lombardo turns up into our crappy little change room? What did you say? Well, we first met us, we played Crawley in a pre-season game. Oh and back in them days, we got told to go and meet. We just met at Crawley, right? So we went half seven kickoff. We meet at Crawley at half six. That's how you speak. Well, quarter past. All of us, we went to the services and had a McDonald's. <laughs> right? we, we, we had a McDonald's, right? We had a McDonald's and that was our meeting point. And Lombardo come to see us. And he must, he must have just gone, what have I done? You know what I mean? He's like, it's like a Sunday <laughs> the league outfit. How, how different is the game today to when you played? <laughs> uh, no, of course, it's different. It's, it's, it's the elite now, isn't it? It's, it's elite. As I said earlier, if you're lucky enough to get a couple of... Uh, Couple of world world class players, but now now this is the whole squad's you know internationals. I went up the train train sorry the training ground uh, last Friday actually week well yeah the other Friday for the first time since uh, I left, and that's changed. You know it's it's remarkable setup now. It's all it's all moving forwards. Uh, it is for the better, but obviously the working man's game is completely and utterly gone now. They're like movie stars. You don't really get to 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 interact with with players nowadays, apart from social media, I suppose. Who cleaned your boots? Who cleaned my boots? Well, that that was a dying breed, and all that that sort of went out the window. By the time I got to Sheffield United, 
no one, no one done them. And I had to buy my own boots at Sheffield United. <laughs> oh, so really? Yeah, I had to buy my own boots. I didn't have, didn't have a, a sponsor. But no, I, I used to uh, clean Kerry Dixon, uh, Tony Cascarino, oh, Mick wow. Harford going back in them days. I forgot Mick Harford's shin pads once. So I didn't put them in there. And he pinned me up on the wall. And, you know, he, he was... He was, he was like a big geezer at all, wasn't he? He was like Darth Vader. He just put me up like that. But don't forget the next time, son. <laughs> This oh, is fantastic. Goodness. Mate, this is, this is, I've been asked in our chat, okay? I'm not putting you on the spot here, I promise you. But this is a genuine question from a viewer tonight. At the end of the season, would you do this again for us and come back and do an end of the season review with us? Of course, of course I will. It's no problem, boys. It's, it, mate, you're making it gold, okay? Right, okay. I'm going to ask about banter. Now, you're in this horrible world of ours of political correctness, crap, okay? What was the changing room banter like at Palace? I understand. Did you play with Butterfield? Well, there and you go, yeah, yeah. Was he the best? He was a, oh, he was a rascal, yeah. yeah <laughs> he, he, he was good fun, though. He was like, uh, he was just like a little baby. You know, I remember when he had a baby, and, and I, 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 thought, I thought, this must be, who, who goes home and takes responsibility here? I mean, he, he's the most... Uh, yeah, it, it, but he, no, he, he was good. Yeah, it, it was him, Sean Derry, and, and AJ. Really, uh, you know, I was a bit more experienced, experienced then. I weren't, I weren't going to take any uh, any crap off of them. But they, they were like little boys, you know. They'd go and cut each other's, you know, shoes up and jeans and everything like that. So, but I feel Johnson. One. AJ. Well, yeah, yeah. But they, was, they were like the three amigos, weren't they? It was them. They used to, <laughs> Sean, Sean Derry, AJ. And uh, Butterfield were the ones who used to play it on that. But I, I will say as well, uh, Tommy Black and Danny Granville, I've been known to put some put, put some smells out there, right? Their yeah. hotel room, we used to get there, obviously, and we'd have about an hour and a half in your room, and then you'd go and have a bit of dinner. I, I used to pop in there. I think it was either a get, you know, box set of Sopranos. We all used to share stuff like that. I went in there. They'd only been in the room in about an hour, and I, the stench of that room was horrendous, absolutely horrendous. Who's the hardest player you ever played against? Hardest player, uh, Chris Morgan, for me. He's what you would call one horrible, dirty northerner uh, you'd want on your side. <laughs> he, uh, but you want it, you want him on your side. He, he was great. He actually, uh, I think he, he, he smashed me, actually. When, uh, I went to play with him uh, at Sheffield United, but I remember him smashing us uh, when I played the Palace, obviously against United. But, yeah, you've you got to have some of them. Got to have some of them in the side. Best ground? Not Wembley. Best ground? Best ground? Well, okay, like, the Millennium Stadium. I wish it has it to be. I wish. I wish. And, and I think now looking back, I mean, the rugby was on the other day there, wasn't it? And I looked and I thought, wow, that is, that is a special stadium. As a kid, though, I would say Man United was the one that you always wanted to go to. You know, when I made my debut at 18 and stuff, and, you know, you wanted to look Man, Man United because they were the team of the, the 90s and stuff. Uh, but, but no, I would say the Millennium because, I mean, you know, my little stadium now, and no one else can go there and do what I've done unless, unless they rebuild Wembley which, or move it about. I don't know. You, you, hold, you hold that record down there, don't forget. So, absolutely. Right, right. One quickie, and then we're going to come back to GL's three rapid questions that he asked you earlier on that we moved past, okay? We're going to try and get through them again. Eagle Joey asks, okay, what is your greatest moment or your greatest achievement, either at or without being at Palace? Well, achievement, I mean, look, I I didn't win anything. I mean, my promotions, I'm proud to be promoted, uh, whether it be the player, obviously two with... with, uh, with Palace and going up automatic with Sheffield United. I wasn't lucky enough to, I was in the squad at uh, Chelsea, Chelsea Man United 94 uh, Wembley, got the suit on, uh, but uh, I was injured, but experienced that, but thought I'd be back next year or sort of back in two years time. It, you know, it, obviously it don't work like that, but greatest achievement was, was, was the, the double shinner without a doubt. You know, that's, that's it. Playoff final, 1-0. That's it. It's going to be on your headstone, you know that. I was four yards offside and double shinned it at Cardiff. That's going to be on your headstone. Well, I think I'm going to be cremated. I don't know what they've decided yet, so I might not even have one. <laughs> right, Jill, you can um, see from the chat, mate. Oh, yeah, just quickly. Michael Montgomery said you're still playing golf. 
Uh, yeah, not not enough. I've, I decided about ten years ago that uh, from a birthday I play golf. I get a bunch of mates out. We have a we have a day out. That was because you're getting older. So I'm playing golf. I play on a nice charity day. I play about three or four times a year. So not not enough to to get good at it, but enough to. I think Andy uh, Lucy's got a golf day coming up soon, isn't he? You I'm planning it? I'm on that one. Yeah, yeah I think I might send my son up. I think I might send my boy up to, to play on that. It'd be a good be a good day. Yeah, I have a game of golf, but it, it doesn't take over my life. And I hit a couple of good shots, and that, that does for me. So I'm not, not one of them competitive who uh, start sulking and all that when, when they don't win and things. Anything else in the chat, John? Uh, no, just loads and loads of thanks. Loads and loads of thanks. So, yeah, so going back to my one then, funniest, strangest, and saddest. Well, f- funniest, uh, I think it was at Liverpool early on in my career. I've, I remember... I remember tripping up, coming uh, coming out of the, you know, yeah, touch the thing, coming out of the, the, the tunnel. And, this is uh, Anfield, yeah? I fell on my arse, yeah. I fell, I fell on my arse coming out quite, quite narrow. And uh, I always thought to myself, ah, you know what I mean? And uh, and there was another one as well. Uh, I was at Wimbledon and uh, we had, you know, not everyone played on telly back then. I think it was a Friday night game, uh, championship, league one, or whatever you called it back then, championship. And I used to, uh, I'd never really had my old barnet done. This was about how, how good it got. It was a little bit longer than this, but because <laughs> I, I, I thought it was easy, I thought I'd do it, mis- I'd do it myself, you know what I mean? And uh, no, I did do it myself. So my missus done it and she was doing it all right. She was going, yeah, number two, number two, like that. And to tide it up all around here, I don't know if I can see all this, but she forgot to put the thing back on and she just went, up and around. <laughs> was completely bald and I, I remember because that was back in the days when we did play at Sellers as well even though it was obviously Wimbledon and I remember trying to cover it uh, when the sky comes from coming down the tunnel I was like trying to, trying to hide it the fact that yeah completely like bald from there so yeah a couple of good ones um, look when we do this again I'll pull out some other ones that's for sure I need need a bit okay. of time uh, with that that's for Go sure on, mate. next one Jim uh no, I'd, well, we, we we do my questions at the end of the season, right? My my three. So, um, but yeah, no, no, just just literally everyone's I can't just see giving. The comment. It says Joe. I can't it, see the comments just, on the Facebook page. So no, it's just, just it's just it's just it's just big love from from everyone and loads of thanks and you know everyone's everyone's just really appreciative of you coming on and just being yourself and and uh, yeah and just literally I, I know there was something. Uh, Mark Goldberg question. Don't know what that was or your foot. Do you remember your first ever pay packet? Pay packet, uh, yeah, YTS. Chelsea. 37.50 a week. Wow. What do you think about money today? That that was when we cleaned boots, we swept the terrace, painted the stand. We've done the whole lot. So uh, we we went on strike once as well. And we, they, they paid us late. We went on strike. We down our paintbrushes and stuff. We had a good little crowd back then days and uh, we all it was all for one and one war as we said, you know, and uh, yeah, old Ken Bates had to come down with our with our pay packets. Not that you probably give him money, it was thirty seven fifty, but we showed a bit of character back in them days. Before we wrap up, ladies and gentlemen, please make sure you go on onto our YouTube channel. Link on there. Please hit the subscribe button because all of your future content, like these interviews that we're doing now and our weekly show, eventually will be going out on YouTube and onto our sister page, the Red and Blue Review page. You're watching Red and Blue News at the moment, of course, but we will be going on to Red and Blue, uh, Red and Blue Review next season. You don't have to worry about it for now, but please hit our uh, YouTube thing and like and subscribe. Lastly then, Neil, before I let you go, tell me, what's your involvement now at the club? What are you doing? What is your role on match day I am a match day host up at the Legends Lounge so uh, the corporate side I know you've got Speronis and that I'm up uh, basically behind the goal where all the boxes are I'm, uh, there's two rows of boxes I'm the first row uh, furthest to the right there's about three or four boxes which they call the Legends Lounge I'm, uh, I'm the host in there and it's, uh, it's great I've been doing it for about two two and a half seasons now and absolutely love it. We have uh, we have a good good laugh up there. Tell a few stories and uh, have a few beers yeah. and, a, and a statement, no doubt. Every Saturday. Oh, how dare you! <laughs> <laughs> right, ladies and gentlemen. Joe, uh, got anything else? Because I think I'm going to wrap it up now. <coughs> no, no, no. no. I think gone. I think we're done. I think we're done. Ladies Brilliant. and gentlemen, you have been watching the Nick and Joe's Red and Blue review. Uh, we have been 
honoured, and I mean deeply honoured to be joined by Neil Shipley this evening. We'll see him hopefully again at the end of the season. Um, we'll be back next Sunday post-Brighton game. Uh, you can watch everything we do on www.redandbluereview.co.uk. My name is Nick Philpott. On behalf of Joe and Neil, I wish you all a safe week and up the palace. Take care, everybody. Good night.